An Eichel backhander on goal save. Rebound and score! Barbashev in front. 7-1 Golden Knights. The party is on in Las Vegas. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. What has happened here has been simply incredible. Not only is Vegas a hockey town, it's a championship town. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Months, then weeks, and now days towards the start of the NHL regular season and the raising of the banner for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, That's what we are down to inside of a couple of days before that banner goes up at T-Mobile Arena on Tuesday night and the puck drops for real against the Seattle Kraken. The Vegas Golden Knights cruising towards the start of the regular season off its most impressive preseason performance last night. Uh, we got a lot to cover over the next couple of hours on the VGK Insider Show inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Studio. Home of the... Already off to a better start than yesterday. See, that's the way it should work, right? Yes, except it's the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio on the 215, home of the... Now you're just trying to show off after uh, what happened yesterday. So we got home of the loop. We got got a lot uh, to discuss with the Vegas Golden Knights because it felt real last night at T-Mobile Arena. You had a Colorado Avalanche group coming in, expected to challenge for the Central Division, expected to be up there in the battle for the top seed in the Western Conference at year's end against a team in the Vegas Golden Knights coming off his championship. The last two Stanley Cup winners going head-to-head in a significant tune-up for the regular season. Both sides iced predominantly NHL-ready rosters or would be construed as pretty close to opening night lineups. And you, you got to see the whole bandwidth of what both teams had to offer. Colorado uh, off to a good start, taking advantage of some some penalties by the Vegas Golden Knights. And halfway through the game, it shifted. It flipped towards Vegas. They found their game. And in the third period, the Golden Knights were well uh, within their uh, performance of what you'd expect for a team coming off a championship with so many players returning in being uh, able to put their foot down and really increase the pace and the physicality of the game and uh, and won a, a game that uh, went to uh, the late goings. But Paul Cotter, one of the storylines of training camp, putting home the winner. And it was across the board, some really good, positive performances in a game like the preseason just got better as it went along. Started slow, found the footing, and then increased and eventually won the hockey game. So uh, that was fun to see. We'll get into it in great detail over the next uh, couple of hours. We'll have Bruce Cassidy coming your way. And was he awesome today, uh, putting on a show himself. Bruce Cassidy turned into bookseller today in his media availability over at City National Arena because uh, It Hurts to Win is on sale, $44, the story of the Stanley Cup championship run by the Vegas Golden Knights, and Bruce Cassidy was all in in promoting the book and letting everybody know exactly uh, where to uh, 
by the book, uh, what's included in the book. Uh, he admitted that uh, right before he walked into the media briefing, he was reading the book. Uh, so you'll hear from Bruce Cassidy, plus uh, down the uh, the line, getting into the lineup and what he expects uh, to see going forward on Tuesday. And we also discussed the rings. The championship rings will be presented to the players and the sports staff and the management this weekend at a dinner. And Bruce Cassidy tiptoes into the area of what the ring looks like and what it's like to be presented or what he expects it to be like to be presented with a championship ring. And we're all waiting with uh, great anticipation of what those rings will look like. Now, is this players, coaches only, or are are you and Gary and and everyone else? What did I just say? Well, I I, I you weren't listening, were you? I was I was looking up Gordon's number because I was going to give him a call. Why are you calling Gordon? Well, because we're going to have Gordon on to talk about the book. Give him a shot. All right. I said it's players, it's coaches, and support staff and management. So that would be you. No, I'm not support staff. Come on, man, you're a big deal. No, I know well, I'm a big in, deal in your own mind, but I'm a broadcaster. Okay, so when do you guys I, I, get yours? I, later in the year. Oh, okay. It's not something I'm worrying myself with. No, because you know it's coming. It will come when it comes. And I'd rather be surprised by it, to be quite honest. And that's why I've I've seen a couple of iterations of the rings, but I haven't made myself part of that process in the sense of you can find a way to insert yourself into anything. People are really good at, oh, what's going on over there? Sliding over, grabbing a look at uh, at something. Or, hey, have you seen the ring? You, you talk to uh, the the head graphic artist and Brady Hackmeister, and you go, oh, what's going on? Maybe you can catch a glimpse of it. I don't want any part of that. I want to be ultimately surprised. And uh, that's what's going to happen on Sunday when the uh, players, the coaches, management, and the support staff are presented with their rings, like Gordon's not getting his ring on Sunday. Gordon Myers from uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, our social media uh, content uh, super person. Is that what you call yourself, a super person? I'm uh, I'm not going to use your term there, Darren. I'm I'm but a, a humble member of the organization, but uh, I appreciate the compliment. But what would you call yourself if you were going to leap out there? Like I, I'm extraordinarily talented. That's the way mm. I would I would put it. How would you describe yourself? He's the only yourself? one who would put it that way. Um, I mean, I I was hired for my height. Uh, you know, I'm six foot mm-hmm. three, and you know, some some things are 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 high up there on tall shelves, and and I know that uh, you know, you need somebody tall to you know, break down a backdrop after media yep. availability or or reach something on the on the top shelf there. So um, I, I guess. Tall guy, tall guy would work. Except I call Nick Haig tall guy, so um, I guess maybe medium height guy that would work. Yeah. On the subject of Nick Haig, let's go down a different path because I want to get into the book "It Hurts to Win," uh, which you had a major part of. How tall do you think Nick Haig is? Six foot six. I, I have the internet, Darren. Okay. How much do you think Nick Haig weighs? What did he say the other day? Two forty. Yep. Does he look like he's six foot six, two forty? Like in some ways he does. He's a big guy, but mm-hmm. in other ways, because I had this conversation with with a couple of uh, members of the organization last night, he carries it so perfectly that you don't assume until you get right up beside him 
that he's six foot six, two forty. I'll tell you what, Darren. I'm I'm six foot three, and and it's been a while since I've stepped on the scale, but I'm probably pushing two forty myself. And we're very different renditions of that that frame. Yeah, well, you're a bag of milk, and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that because I'm one percent, you're two percent. We're both bags of milk, and mm-hmm. that's what happens when you're not a professional athlete. And he is just—he's really ripped. When, when you're when you're two forty, and you don't look like you're anywhere close to that. Uh, that means that uh, that you're in great shape, and two uh, that you're that you're really tall. So let's get into the to the book. It hurts to win. Uh, Bruce Cassidy mm-hmm. was the ultimate uh, pitchman today at his media availability, and we'll hear that in in hour number two. Uh, what uh, Bruce Cassidy's involvement uh, with the uh, book is, but just for everybody that's wondering that hasn't pre-ordered because it now is available in the arsenal and the armory uh this is a a recap of the season of the playoffs give everybody the cole's notes version well yeah it it very much is that darren uh and more uh it's it's the official behind the scenes look at not just the the 2023 stanley cup final but really the entire season start to finish for for the golden knights you know in route to that championship, you know, there's there's anecdotes in there from you know the day Bruce Cassidy was hired. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of uh, homage paid to uh, you know the first five years of team history before uh, before this championship season. Uh, but you, you want to get a, a big picture of of what this team went through last season. You read this book. You want to get into the nitty gritty what what the day to day was like. You read this book. You want stories about players that you've never heard before, uh, you know, be it written by Gary Lawless or myself or straight from the horse's mouth, uh, you read this book. You know, it's, it's really an all-encompassing uh, piece for fans to, you know, really feel what it was like to go on this journey with the guys. You know, there's tons of images in there that, you know, have never been released before that, that fans are going to get to see for the first time. Uh, it, it's it's really comprehensive in uh, – you know, everything that, you know, led to this championship, you know, the, the little moments, the big moments, the major accomplishments, you know, the games that went great, the games that didn't go so great. It's raw. It's, you know, it's, it's the player's words for the most part. And, um, and Gary and I filled in the blanks where we needed to. And the, you know, just getting it from the players themselves is you know, what makes this book so unique. So, I want to give Nate Yule a big shout out too because he was part. He was kind of the leader in in bringing it all together, and then you and Gary yeah. uh, put the put the words down. It was a shared process, and and you and Gary uh, writing uh, a, a lot of this uh, uh, into the words that, that that doesn't come from straight from the players and and some of their essays. Uh, what was your responsibility in the book? So, uh, if you do pick up a copy of It Hurts to Win, uh, now available at the Arsenal and the Armory, as you mentioned there, Darren, way to get the stores in there. Um, uh, you'll see, as you flip through, there are stories that are on a black background with gold trim. Uh, there's probably 30 or 40 of those throughout the book. Uh, those were the bits that I was fortunate to contribute. Uh, you know, short stories, anywhere from you know, a couple hundred words to, you know, full-page long features, you know, about a variety of, of topics. You know, there's, there's ones about specific players. There's ones about uh, specific uh, pregame soccer games, uh, as well as, uh, you know, one of my favorites is, um, you know, a, a sentence or two on each player to kind of 
give uh, give the reader a, a sense of what it was like to walk around the Golden Knights locker room on any given day. You know, who's chirping who, who's doing what, uh, who's laughing, who's waiting to get in on the chirps, who's getting chirped, uh, you know, things like that. So uh, all those pieces, I was I was so thrilled to contribute. And we, you know, we spent pretty much the, the six weeks right after the Stanley Cup was won, you know, grinding away at this. And uh, it was it was a labor of love, really, because we, we put a lot into it. But uh, the you know the, the end product is is one we're extremely proud of, and uh, it was it was a ton of fun to to look back on some of these memories. You know, winning the Stanley Cup, you know, in those days right after, it's it's easy to to smile about the the season as a whole. But when I had the chance to you know look back at some of my notes and some of the some of the benchmarks we hit throughout the season and get to tell those stories, it uh, the, that was one of the most special parts for me. Gordon Wagner's with us from the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, social media department uh, does a lot of the content uh, online with Kaylee Allard and uh, a fabulous job. You'll see Gordon on the bench uh, a lot of the time at uh, T-Mobile Arena, start a warm-up, start of the game. Uh, he's, he's collecting that content and then up in the press box. Uh, send him a text, uh, send him a DM. He loves that stuff. I do it all the time. Uh, he really embraces it. Hey, what didn't you know before you started writing this book that you found out that ended up uh, between the pagers? One of my favorite bits, uh, and and Darren, I'll, I'll correct a, a statement you just made. You know, don't just call or text me. Throw peanuts at me in the press mm. box. I'm going to assume that was you last night. Yeah, I know. No, no, but... no. You know who that was? Fred Brathwaite. Mm. He was right, trying. Well... He was trying to throw them at me, and he hit you. But that uh, that that was Freddie Brathwaite that was doing that. Freddie and I were uh, were. Uh, reminiscing about uh, good goaltending, and then we needed to get an update from you on a score, out of town scoreboard, mm. and uh, and you were the the person that we went to directly. Fair enough. Well, I hope he wasn't picking them up off the floor because I ate them. <laughs> yeah, they good. were delicious. Um, Found a bean. Found a bean. One of my <laughs> one of my favorite bits that I that I did learn about uh, you know in in writing this was uh, one of the stories is about what it's like in the meal room for the players. You know, if it's after a game, win or lose. Or on an off day throughout the playoffs, you know what kind of shenanigans went on in there, and uh, you know it's uh, on the road. It's a it's a dedicated you know ballroom space in in a hotel that you know is outfitted with you know tables and chairs and and buffets. You know the scene is is one that that you know is probably not unfamiliar to a lot of people. Uh, but what goes on in there is is a lot more than just uh, you know fueling up for games and. Uh, uh, and chatting with teammates, there's uh, putting competitions uh, where the equipment staff travel to putter the entire year, and some golf balls and uh, and a little hole to to aim at. And um, Paul Cotter tells a great story in the book about um, you know, just those putting competitions and and how guys are setting up holes to intentionally go through uh, tables where people are seated and eating. Uh, and you got to play the ball as it lies. So if you hit your shot, it kicks off a chair leg, and now it's right underneath where Kelly McCrimmon's enjoying his breakfast. You don't get relief. You don't get a free drop. You you got to hit it from there. Uh, you know things like that. You know, you know we uh, in our travels with the team, Darren, we we get to be part of some of those moments, and and some of the ones that uh, we don't get to be part of uh, have made their way into this book in in hilarious fashion. Uh, you know things like that. They were you know. They had a mini basketball hoop in one city, and they were trying to see who could pull off the craziest dunk. And 
uh, and things like that. You just just little things that you know you you, you see the players on the ice and and you you get glimpses into their lives you know through our social media and and through other outlets and and what have you. But you know it, it's those little details that you know in in any given moment you know call it you know mid afternoon on a game day. You you might be going to the game. You might be thinking about the Golden Knights. But you're you're a fan. You're you're excited for game time. You might not be thinking about what the players are doing in that moment. And not to pull back the curtain too much, they're probably playing mini golf in the meal room. And but in the book, you rip the curtain all the way off the rod, right? It's no it's curtain done. Yep, the it's, sun is uh, shining through, and we can see everything through your eyes. Yep, very much so. Well, why are you being so professional with me today? You're never this professional around the office. I'm doing it for Chapman and Ryan. Yeah. Well, Ryan's not here today, and Chapman's not paying attention. He's playing Brick Breaker or something on his phone. So mm. it's really just you and I talking. So let's get back to, to the great old Gordon that I chill out <laughs> with every day. Let, let your hair down. Let's get that mullet going. My hair's always down, bro. <laughs> uh, there we are. There we are. We got a bro in here. Uh, when did you know that? that this book was going to be part of the production of the celebration? Like how far after the win? So we actually had a conversation um, during the Western Conference final. You know, when you've got a 3 nothing lead in a, in a series to go to the Stanley Cup, you, you're allowed to start thinking about, uh, at least from a content and production standpoint, uh, you know, what's, what's coming over the edge of the mountain, you know, if, if you're, if you're lucky enough to get there. Uh, so we, we had a call when we were in Dallas. Um, I think it was ahead of game four and we, we talked about, you know, different things, you know, planning for success is what we like to say. And, and that was what we were doing. Thank goodness we didn't jinx it. Otherwise I, I would have found a way to spin the blame onto Gary or someone. Yeah. Um, but uh, nevertheless, you know, we, we had that first conversation and said, Hey, you know, if, if we are lucky to do this, uh, you know, a book is something that we're, we're going to mainline and, and get that going, you know, as, as quickly as possible. So um, that was the initial conversation. Um, after we won the Stanley Cup, it was either the day after or, or the day after that that we said, hey, let's, let's lay out the framework. Let's, let's start getting this thing figured out. Who's going to write what story? Um, Garrett Calloway and Nate Ewell and India Shea set up interviews with, with, Gary and, and myself and all the, the players and contributors in the book got that going. Um, I did it from my desk here at City National. Gary was doing it, I think, from his villa in Fiji. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we, we started cracking right away, and, and over the span of four or five, maybe six weeks, we, we went from the idea of writing a book to submitting everything to the publisher, and, and it, it went by really quickly. Um, but that's not to say it, it's rushed because when, when you read it, you know, it, it looks like we, we had a lot more time than we did. So this is right in the days after the celebration that you're doing a lot of these conversations with the players because before they got, they got out of town, right? That's right. Yeah. Did you do any of your interviews hungover? Uh, what's, which amendment is that where I don't have to answer the question? Is that the fifth amendment? It's okay to have a headache while you're arguing somebody. You're you're pleading the fifth. You don't have to self-incriminate yourself. I don't, I don't know what that amendment would be. I would be disappointed if you weren't hung over at some point. No idea. During the initial parts of this uh, this process. Of course I was hung over at some point. During that, that's uh, the, the essays. 
the mm-hmm. that that's what you guys in the publishing uh, world call it essays mm-hmm. from different people within the organization. Uh, I know Bruce Cassidy uh, uh, volunteered some, some words. Uh, give me an idea of, of who who wrote uh, some of these essays and what they include. Well, a, a lot of it is, uh, you, know, you know, different members of our of our department here, you know, kind of took the lead on, uh, you know, listening to different things that, that, you know, the people who contributed essays uh, to this book had said in press conferences and, you know, in kind of everyday conversation to really capture that vibe. And then it was, it was really collaborative between uh, our side and, you know, the, the people whose names are attributed in here, Bruce Cassidy, Bill Foley, George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon. And, uh, you know, it, it's very much in their own words. And, and I think that's the, the beautiful thing of it. It's, uh, it, it not only does, you know, it, it, it captures their essence, uh, as well as shares their perspective. Um, so, you know, when, when you're reading from from George McPhee, you know, you, you can you can tell that he's such a thoughtful guy uh, based on the words that are down on the page. George McPhee, Bill Foley, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, uh, Bruce Cassidy, and uh, all all with their offerings in essays or or first person uh, productions. Uh, Don't and forget Little John. Little John, right? So, how did that come about? Well, uh, the the ask went out to Lil John after we won. Hey, we're writing a book. Would you like to you know, contribute something to it? And you know what he said, Darren? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it justice, and I and I and I held back on it. Yeah, and I, and I apologized there to everybody. It but it's like Coming me doing the, the woo. I, I just can't do the woo. And I don't try, and I, I think it's best for everybody that I not do it. But yeah, uh, was 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 awesome. That that's kind of neat to see his name on the front cover of the book. Yeah, pretty unique. Uh, I, I I spoke with uh, uh, on the on the Moore show uh, on on Fox Five yesterday, and uh, that that was one of the, the 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 points we had the most fun with on the show was talking about uh, Lil John's uh, fandom, and and uh, the, the it's a funny parallel if you're. A, a true Golden Knights fan, you know that Lil John is too. And and when when you pick up this book and and read his essay, you're going to be laughing just like you do every time he's up on the Nitron or or contributing on social media. Do him and Naber really hang out? All the time, they're bros. Yeah. Uh, the book tour. Uh, where, where, where are you Where are you going on the book tour? Is this going worldwide? Like are you talking uh, getting down to New Zealand, or, or does it just stick to the Northern Hemisphere? We're going to start with Earth and and yeah. and figure it out from there. It might be an intergalactic book tour here, Darren. Um, no, uh, you know we'll be um, you know promoting the book. You know, of, of course, here locally in Las Vegas, and and we're we're hopeful and excited that you know fans out of market will uh, will will purchase the book so that their Golden Knights fandom, wherever it may be, uh, if you're part of the realm, you should have this book. Um, it's uh, you know something that. Uh, like I said, we're extremely proud of. So we're we're hoping to have some book signings uh, coming up here uh, in the next couple of weeks to uh, hopefully get the book into some more people's hands, and and then Gary and I can deface the first page with our scribblings. Now you gotta you gotta write it in because Kenny Albert gave me a copy of his book yesterday, and it's on the inside of the the hardcover where there's nothing, oh. and it's there's it's a great opportunity, a great place for authors to 
write a little note and their signature and you're not affecting any of the book. That's what you have to do. If I'm going to give you one word of advice from a largely successful, unbelievable, accomplished uh, author and broadcaster like myself, that's mm-hmm. where you, that's where you autograph and sign the book. Not not anywhere where it's going to cover up some words or a picture. Okay? Well, luckily there's a, a big gold page right when you open it that is uh, perfect for that for what you've just explained there, Mallard. So uh, that's you know, we won't be covering up any words there, so uh, our bases are covered. And this, the, the the great thing about this book is there's pictures and there's essays and there's uh, recaps and there's untold stories. Uh, from as as time goes on, people are going to read the book and it's going to sit in the coffee table and uh, you're you're going to walk by and you're going to pick it up and you're going to glance through it. And pictures will become a, a very important part of it, where you'll just instantly flash back. Oh, what are some pictures that are included in uh, It Hurts to Win? that jumped out at you? Well, I've got it open in front of me here. I'm you looking do. at a, a picture of, uh, of Aiden Hill wearing the Elvis wig, uh, the, the post-game tradition for, uh, for the player of the game. Uh, you know, there's you know, lots of things. You See, know, that's are, a great story are... right there because in, in maybe in a year and a half or two years, you'll go, you look at it and go, oh, right, they did that, that Elvis that's thing because right. I don't know whether that carries over, uh, whether there's any type of... Uh, retiring that uh, ceremony and bring in something else, but that, that's kind of cool. Tell you, some of my favorite photos in here are ones that uh, our photographers captured on practice days. Uh, ones of, of guys, you know, throughout the playoffs, you know, when the, when the stakes are high and you're, you're, you're going for that Stanley cup, uh, you know, you saw it firsthand Our our players didn't stop having fun on practice days. Uh, you know, there's, there's a great one of, uh, of Alec Martinez and, and Shea Theodore on the ice uh, ahead of Game Six in Dallas, uh, and they're they're laughing about something. Uh, and, and if you know those two, they usually are. But uh, it's a great photo of, of of Shea's big smile and Alec is turned laughing. Uh, so you know it's it's really a lot of those you know you, you see the game photos all the time of guys celebrating goals or lining up all intense for a faceoff. But it's the it's the lighter photos for me that that really uh, that really make it. Who do you want to thank uh, for getting this uh, book uh, out and in the hands of people? Well, I want to thank uh, Eric Tosi and Nate Yule for for having the vision here. Uh, I want to thank Gary for for you know all the work he did, and you know I mentioned Garrett in India earlier, and Ryan Levine and Songy Pack uh, for for their efforts, and and Kaylee Allard, and, and you know transcribing a lot of these interviews. Um, you know, I've I've made a list of uh, some folks that I want to send copies to. Uh, you know, who have been great mentors for me in my life. Uh, you know, back at the Northeastern University School of Journalism, there's uh, you know a handful of people there, and uh, and of course my mom and dad because they, uh, um, well, they're my mom and dad. Why wouldn't I thank them? Yeah, that goes without saying. Didn't me follow up there, right? They raised. If him. I may, if I may, Darren, I, I've got a, a quick excerpt uh, that, yeah. if you'd like, I can, uh, you, I can you read may. it for you. you. You may give give everyone a taste. So, uh, wrote wrote a quick story about William Carrier and and the kind of guy he is off the ice, and uh, you know the, a, a glimpse of of who he is. You know that that fans don't always get to see. There are a few stats that aren't tracked in today's NHL. If you dig deep enough online, you can find just about any hockey data you're looking for. William Carrier would be among the league leaders in a number of categories that statisticians couldn't hope to record. If fish caught, homes built, garages repaired, lighting fixtures installed, and tires changed were stats that somebody kept track of, Carrier would clean up at the NHL awards. 
If trips to the Marchessault's house to fix something or build something were goals, Carrier would be a perennial Rocket Richard Trophy winner. So just a taste of uh, of that story. Uh, you know, you, you might be a Will Carrier fan. You might you might like how he throws the body around. Uh, but you know, it's, he's he's Mr. Fix It off the ice. We call him the most interesting man in the world, and and uh, that's certainly certainly a, a, a nice part of this book. One I really enjoyed writing. But his influence on that room is underappreciated, undercommunicated for the fan base. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's the glue, right? It's you know, there's huge. a lot of you know. The term "glue guy" gets thrown around a lot, and and you've got to have you know a lot of those. And and Will Carrier's, you know, his face would be on the bottle of glue. Was it not Will Carrier who picked up Marcheseau and took him out of the soccer game in Dallas before Game Four of that series, or was that uh, Petrangelo? Yes, uh, and and that was wasn't Will. an isolated incident either. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of the great behind-the-scenes moments where they were just so loose and having fun, and and Bruce didn't. Uh, a lot of coaches would get in the way of that, worried that uh, that they're not focused enough, and and he let that go, and 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 the, it it ran its course. But that was one of the coolest uh, moments was how much fun and how they were able to enjoy the moment and carry a, picking up Marcheseau and carrying him out because Marcheseau was protesting being ousted from the soccer game was was beautiful. Uh, how do people get the book, and uh, what are we looking at from a cost so we so people know going in uh, what they're going to have to pay. If you pre-order the book through VegasTeamStore.com, uh, mm-hmm. your shipment will be uh, headed your way uh, very soon. Uh, if you're in the Las Vegas market, you can pick this up at the Arsenal at City National Arena and the Armory at T-Mobile Arena. Um, we're looking at a $44 cost for the book, uh, a nod to the uh, four series that we won and the four wins that we had to acquire in each series. So. Uh, for the price of forty-four dollars, uh, all these exclusive stories and photos and and moments uh, will will make a great addition to your Golden Knights fan cave. Boy, I had no idea that that was the reasoning for the price. I'm glad there's not seven rounds of the playoffs. We had to make it simple for you, Darren. Yeah, and I appreciate that uh, greatly. Let's bring in Chris Chapman. Uh, we're talking to Gordon Wires from the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, he is uh, the co-author of this It Hurts to Win collector's book that recaps the Stanley Cup championship by the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, hey, Gordon, how are you? You don't have to Hi, say, how are, he, he, <laughs> how are you? You know how it is. Uh, I'm, I'm still doing well from when you called me to set this up. Hey, you know, I, I, I just want to make sure you're still doing good, man. We've Unbelievable. Had... So, I, you know, I, I don't really get to ask you a lot of, like, questions like this, especially on the air. So if you had your one day with the cup, mm-hmm. I want to know what you would have done. Like, we, we, we see the videos in intermission. Like, what would Gordon's day with the cup have looked like? And would you have tweeted it? Or X Um Yeah, I probably would have uh, would have posted a couple things from it. Um, if I had a day with the cup, it would have come home to Northport, New York, on Long Island, uh, where I was born and raised. Um, I'd probably start at the house, take some photos, you know, kind of take it around the house. You know, it would be. Uh, I had a great moment with Chase Theodore at his day with the Stanley Cup, where he Harold. had the. No, uh, I'm I'm drawing an analogy, Darren. Give me a moment here, Sorry. please, if you would. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so let much. him answer the question, uh, Harold. <laughs> he he had the puck in his or he had the cup in his garage where he used to shoot pucks as a kid, um, and the walls were all dinged up and the goalposts were all concaved in from the puck. So 
I would want to probably shoot a few pucks in the driveway that uh, that I grew up shooting pucks in. Um, so that that knocks out uh, a little bit of time there at the house. You know, share it with family. Um, you know, my mother used to have a waffle iron that made waffles in the shape of Mickey Mouse, uh, <laughs> and those were a hit when I was a kid. So we'll probably throw a couple Mickey waffles in the uh, in the cup. Um, I would love to take it to Superior Ice Rink, the rink that I grew up skating at and, and worked at for a couple of years as a scorekeeper for youth hockey games for a number of years. Uh, share it with some of my, my coaches and old teammates and, and hopefully get some uh, you know, young players to come out and see it because you know, we never had a Stanley Cup champion for my hometown. Uh, so you know, that's something that, that I would be honored to do if, if that ever happened. Um, we would head into downtown Northport, uh, right along, right along the water there. Um, uh, probably get some photos in the park. Um, gosh, that's only half the day. How I, know, I was going to say, you, you, haven't even, you haven't even thought about this at all. Like there's no way they <laughs> <laughs> planned. Good for you. I planned out the morning at least. Um, <laughs> then, I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of the Mickey waffles. Yeah. The Mickey waffles are a must. Um, you ever get the pleasure of running into to Alice Weiger's Chapman? I'll, I'll make sure she brings the waffle iron. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just getting to be part of you know a lot of our our players' days with the cup. I, I had a lot of uh, got to see a lot of moments you know with them, with their immediate family, extended family, coaches, teachers, uh, you know, community members. Uh, you know, I remember on, on Jack Eichel's cup day at, at the, the dinner he had at the end of the night, uh, you know, I, I don't remember if it was a coach or a, or a teacher or whoever it was, um, came up to him and gave him a hug and kind of caught him by surprise. Maybe he wasn't expecting to see them there. And, and Jack kind of started crying and, and it was, uh, you know, an emotional scene. And, uh, you know, those are the kinds of moments that, you know, the, the Stanley Cup and an accomplish like that accomplishments like that uh, you know, can bring out. So um, I guess I would you know try to just share it as, with as many people as I could from uh, you know from the great upbringing I was really fortunate to have. Now I hope I don't know if you got to go with Chandler Stevenson on his, but if you did, I hope you got to take in the wakeboarding because that was really cool. You guys did that. That was awesome. The wake surfing. Yeah, yeah wake surfing. That was cool. Yeah, I didn't get to, but uh, I, I was at Will Carrier's, and and he he wanted to take it fishing so bad. Uh, he you know, was it, I think the the way the day was was structured, agreed upon with with him and his wife. Uh, you can take the cup out on the water from twelve to about four and fish, and you know, you know him and his buddies and his brother and his dad. Uh, but you got to be back at the house around five because that's when I told guests to get there. You know, the food's showing up, you know, every, like, it, that's when the party starts, Will, so you better be off the boat by 5 o'clock. So right around 6.30, Will rolls up with the boat and the cup, yep. and, and uh, you know, his wife was looking at her watch, and, and I, I didn't go out on the boat. I was I was over at the house. And, that's why you were uh, so aware of the time, because you were back there going, where where is everybody? <laughs> well, I was chatting with Bill, one of the keepers of the cup, and, and we're, we're, we're standing. We stand. We stood on the dock for an hour and a half. Where are these guys? And uh, Patrick Rulig and Jeff Chavez, two of our members of our uh, entertainment team and, and video production, were were out on the boat with Will. And and they said, yeah, like 
no matter what the schedule dictated that day, that guy was not getting off the water. He was having way too much fun and just soaking it all in and, and didn't want it to end. Uh, you know, pulling walleye out of the St. Lawrence River and, and putting him in that cup. That's all that guy wanted to do, and he did it. And it was a, it was a rougher day on the water outside of the sheltered area, so th- I, that would not have gone over well. With the but how did you know? Because I see video, and I talk to Rulig. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I'm informed on things. Mm-hmm. I just don't sit here and fire aimless questions at you. I'd try and do a little bit of research. Like it hurts to win. I know there was other titles banded around, but that that title really did fit this whole process and the championship. Oh, it's perfect, and it's a as much as it's a great title, it's it's kind of a great reminder of mm-hmm. uh, of. You know, like you said, when you're flipping through this, you know, two years down the road or even 10 years removed from this Stanley Cup, uh, hopefully by then it hurts to win two, uh, which will be titled It Hurts to Win, uh, if we're fortunate to write that book. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see you know, a lot of stuff in here about the sacrifices guys made to, uh, you know, to make this happen and, you know, the toll it took on their bodies, you know. It was the perfect mantra that, that Bruce introduced. It's the perfect title for this book. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's going to be a reminder of, of the, the grind and the uh, you know, effort that went into winning this Stanley Cup. It really is a book for now, for next year, for 10 years from now. It serves all of that. Uh, books that you read and they go on the bar shelf and they look good because you look like you're a reader and you're smart, but this is one that you keep out on the coffee table and everybody's going to want a piece of it. Congratulations. Really proud of you. I think this is uh, an unbelievable uh, accomplishment for you and Gary and, and Nate and the, and the whole team, and you had to pull it together before the start of the season, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy and impressed. I'm Glad to call you a buddy. Thanks a lot, Darren. That's the nicest you've ever been to me. Yeah, it's not going to happen again. <laughs> but uh, but I do uh, I do wish you great luck, and I can't wait to see you guys uh, uh, reap uh, some of the the interactions uh, from the people when you get to do some book signings uh, over at the Arsenal or Armory and and down the line. Uh, happy for it, and it's a, and it's an unbelievable collector's item, and I can't wait to see. Thanks myself. a lot, Darren. There you go. Yeah, uh, very very proud of it. Very proud of the people that. Uh, that made this happen. So thanks for having me on. And thanks, Chris. You're welcome anytime on the I show. I can't Gordon. believe you guys are like catching up. Chris's question is, how are you, Gordon? Hey, you know what? He's my buddy. But, how are you, know, you Gordon? I, I, I haven't seen him all Hard-hitting. summer. so Hard-hitting stuff. Yes. How are you, Gordon? Got to be nice to the guy when he comes on the show. Hey, uh, Gordy. Good cop, bad cop. Gordy. Um, yeah. I'm going to call you Gordy. You're part of the longest opening segment in VGK <laughs> Insider Show history. We're coming up on 39 <laughs> minutes in the first segment. Wow. I, I mean, I'm shocked you didn't send me to break 20 minutes ago. No, I'm not doing that to you. <laughs> I, I run the show here. Like, we're, we're off and running. I, I had a meeting at 4.15, bro. You, oh. you owe Chris Kniff an apology. You, you broed me? I, that's Twice. the second time I've broed you, yeah. bro. Yeah, but the first time was like a buddy. And this time was like a tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Take it um, however you want, Darren. Hey, uh, tell Kniff. I get first dibs. I'm live on the air. Get in line behind me. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Gordon. Thanks, guys. Be safe. There's Gordon Weigert. Uh He co-authored the book, It Hurts to Win, produced uh, and published uh, through, in part, by the, uh, the Golden Knights. Uh, awesome job. Gary Lawless, uh, 
Nate Ewell, Eric Tosi, uh, everybody, Steph Rogers, and and uh, our communications and content team, Garrett Calloway, India Shea. It's it's awesome, and it is about today, but it's about two years from now where you get to go walk down uh, memory lane. Uh, we are way behind, so we're going to come back, and then we're going to leave, and then we're going to come back. But we've got Bruce Cassidy coming up at the top of the hour. Who would play Bruce Cassidy in the movie from last year's championship run? He'll answer some of that as we continue with VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Bit of sizzle to that rejoin. Thanks to Paul Cotter and Chris Chapman for assembling the audio. And Paul Cotter... Uh, made himself noticeable to the Vegas Golden Knights, the management of the Golden Knights, the fans of the Golden Knights, and the Colorado Avalanche as well. He may have to answer to some of that next time they play, the first time they play during the course of the regular season, and he is fully on board with, with that opportunity. He took a hit early in the game, and he made sure he finished his check there, and Colorado was incensed after. They thought it was high. Uh, they were incensed after the hit. They were incensed after the game. Uh, they weren't happy, but watching Paul come in on that shift, he was a rocket from the dump-in to separating the player from the puck, to capitalizing on the opportunity in front. And that was the perfect play that will tell you why Paul Cotter, I think at this point now, will be in the starting lineup come Tuesday night because of his ability to finish his one, but to be physical and involved like that is a real skill. Yeah, Gary Lawless on the broadcast last night used a term for the hit that I thought was brilliant, and I've never heard it used before. Maybe it's a, a, a hockey term in Canada. I don't know, but he said he wallpapered him. It was great. Yeah. That's a great way to describe that yeah. hit. Like, it was – it was he, he got wallpapered. He yeah. got wallpapered. Yeah, it was awesome. I never heard that, but I, I, I heard him like, man, that's fantastic. It's, it's not just about the severity of the hit, but the speed to be able to get there – and make a play on the uh, opposition to separate them from the puck. It doesn't have to be hard. It can be subtle. Uh, but then stay in the play. Like, not just sit back and be happy with that. Uh, it was it was well executed on Paul Cotter. He was good the other night against San Jose in the, in the shutout loss. Uh, I thought that was his best performance. Last night... We teed it up that he was with Stone and Stevenson and he had some jump in his step going into the game, and he followed through on our comments uh, going into the game that he was ready to uh, put his mark on this preseason. Hour number two is coming up. Uh, we'll set it up for you as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Nick Waugh talking about the goal that got the Vegas Golden Knights going last night, uh, down 3 nothing. He scored, and then it was uh, all Vegas after that, scoring four unanswered goals uh, to beat the Colorado Avalanche. It's interesting. When you look back on a play, uh, how one little turn of events by an athlete can change the whole fortune uh, of what was either a Colorado Avalanche exit from the zone or what ended up being a Golden Knights goal, courtesy uh, of Nick Waugh. And that was making the right play on the zone entry. They sent the puck around. It was too hard for Yorgiev, the Colorado Avalanche goaltender, to stop the puck behind the net. It got away from the Avalanche. Uh, they were in uh, scramble mode. Good forecheck by Vegas. And then it turns into a turnover. Petrangelo makes an unbelievable feed over to Nick Waugh, all because of good entry 
putting the puck in the right spot. In this case, it was a hard rim behind the net, and the goaltender can't make the play, and it's all Vegas uh, after that. You look back, if if the puck's not put in the right spot or not rimmed hard enough, Georgiev hands it off, and, and Colorado is out. So it's uh, it was just really cool to look back on that particular play, and all of a sudden, Vegas has jump-started. That line, Waugh, Carrier, Kolasar, played the other night in the first uh, line role against San Jose. They were better against NHL competition last night than they were in the other. Everybody was, but like that line from first line to fourth line uh, in their comfort zone, able to forecheck and bang and make their presence felt. That was really close to an NHL game last night. It was fun to watch Kolasar, Carrier, and Nick Waugh do their thing. An update on the roster, a transaction to tell you about, plus the latest on the category search for the game rating this year. Another upset as we work our way towards the final poll next week. And Bruce Cassidy talking about it hurts to win the book and the Vegas Golden Knights going into their final preseason game tomorrow. Hour number two is next, plus tickets to the home opener, the banner-raising night, next